0: Genesis chapter number 22, we'll begin reading tonight in verse 1. We'll read down the verse number 4. And then we'll skip down to verse number 13 and try to tie these two verses together and give you what God has laid upon our heart for this occasion. Genesis chapter number 22 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, And he said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Verse 2, and he says, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Verse 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning... And argued and fussed and tried to deal with God until the middle of the day. No, I misread that. Let me try that again. And Abraham rose up in the morning and began to make excuses why he could not do what God wanted him to do. Evidently, Abraham was not a Baptist because he didn't argue with God, he didn't make any kind of excuses. And I want to remind you tonight that God's not Monty Hall behind Curtain Three on Let's Make a Deal. The only deal in town is God's deal. You miss that deal, and there is no other deal. And the Bible said, and he rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Now watch your Bible in verse number 4. Then, and only then may I add, then on the third day. You better watch that day number 3 in the Bible. Big things happen on that third day. And it may be day number 2 in your life, but day number 3 is right around the next sunrise. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes And saw the place afar off. He lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. What kind of place? A place of sacrifice, a place of dedication, a place of surrender, a place the will of God, a place where God had sovereignly and divinely appointed. He saw the place afar off. Now step down to verse number 13 and you'll find that same phrase again. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. But notice he saw something different in this second look. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. He looked in verse number 4 and saw the place afar off. But when he looked again in verse number 13, he saw the ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Now the first time Abraham looked, all he could see was the problem. But when he looked again, he didn't see the problem, he saw the solution. The first time Abraham lifted up his eyes, he saw a need. But when he lifted up his eyes again, he saw the provision of that need. The first time Abraham looked, all he could see was doom and gloom and uncertainty. But when he took that second look, he saw grace, he saw God, he saw glory and blessed assurance. And I really believe tonight what we have in this text, we have Abraham on one side of the mountain with his need, and we have the ram on the other side of the mountain with the provision. Now, because the mountain is between Abraham and the ram, Abraham cannot see the ram. He cannot see the answer. He cannot see the provision. On the other side, because of this mountain, the ram cannot see Abraham. They cannot see each other because of a mountain that's got the view blocked. But I've not come tonight to preach on the ram, and I've not come tonight to preach on Abraham as much. I've come to preach about somebody else in this story because of who he is and where he sits high upon the throne. He sees both sides of the mountain. He sees Abraham on one side, and he sees the ram on the other side. He sees the need on one side, and He sees the provision on the other side. He sees doubt on one side and He sees glory on the other side. And I believe sitting high upon His lofty throne, God is directing traffic. He's got Abraham in one hand and He's got the ram in the other hand. And in God's own time and in God's own plan and in God's own purpose, He's going to introduce the prayer To the answer at the top of the hill. Let me say this tonight. There are mountains in all of our lives. You say, preacher, what is a mountain? It is an unmovable obstacle in your life and in mine. Now, I know the Bible said if we would have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, we could move mountains. But in reality, most of us can't even move an anthill, much less a mountain. I'm telling you, there are some things in my life that I don't think I can do anything about. I've had burdens that seemed unbearable. I've had battles that seemed unwinnable. i had pains and hurts and storms and troubles that was out of my control. Now, in my heart I believe God. In my heart I know that God hears and answers prayer. In the recesses of my heart I know God loves me. I know God cares about me. I know God's going to answer my prayer. I know God's going to meet my need in my heart. I I I know that, that because of that mountain, I can't see God coming up on the other side. I can't feel God coming up on the other side. I can't sense God coming up on the other side. All I can see is a mountain. All I see is my trouble. All, my see, all I see is my trial. But I ain't come to talk about me, and I'm not come to talk about you. I'm talking about somebody else that's in this text, that's Hands in the shadows, who sits high above the heavens, and he's got both sides of the real estate staked out. Yeah, God sees the bill in one hand, but he sees the payment on the other side of the mountain. He sees that lost boy on this side, but he sees a preacher boy on the other side. He sees your pain on this side, but he sees his healing on the other side. He sees your bondage on this side, but he sees your deliverance on the other side. I I'm going to tell you He's God and He's sovereign and He's omnipotent and He's high and He's holy. He's exalted. He's lifted up and He sees both sides of the mountain. And He's got you in one hand and the power of God in the other hand. And He'll introduce you at the top of the hill. You say all I see tonight is this unmovable obstacle in my life. I know, but God sees both sides of the mountain you said, all I see today is dirt and rocks and and places that's hard to climb. I know. But God sees that ram coming up on the other side. And can I tell you something about this train? God's trains always run on time. He's never a day late. And He's never a dollar short. He's never upset. He's never (laughs) bumfuzzled. He's never bewildered. He's never caught by surprise. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ain't ever occurred to God? He knows the end before the beginning ever gets cranked up. It didn't shock God when you got saved. It didn't shock God when you started preaching. It didn't shock God when He changed your life. Son, God knows what He's doing. He's got a plan in motion. He's got a will that's been decreed. And you listen to this little country preacher tonight when the sovereign God of eternity makes up His mind. He's going to move. He's going to do something. He's going to bless. There's not enough demons in or out of hell to stop God from what God's going to do. Son, when He puts the hammer down, when He gives the yokey-dokey, when He sets His plan in, Motion. The devil might as well go back to hell where he come from because you can't stop the Lord. What are you going to use to stop him with? You try to drown him, he'll walk on the water. You try to burn him, he'll walk around in the fire. You try to call him a liar, he'll prove his word to be true and everybody else be a liar. You try to shut him out and he'll walk through the wall or knock it down one or the other without an invitation. You put a cross on His back and He'll bleed on it and render it powerless. You try to seal Him in a tomb and in three days He'll kick the lid off and come back out on the other side. He's God. He's Lord. He's omnipotent. He's sovereign. He's exalted. He's high and lifted up. God knows where you're living. God knows where you're struggling. God knows where you're climbing. And God sees both sides of the mountains in your life. The Bible says in our text that Abraham got up that morning and got that little lad by the name of Isaac and got that little old donkey. And by the way, it's not an accident that he took two young men with him. Later on in the Levitical law, Dr. Hurt, God is going to write out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. It was not an accident that two men went down there and told Lot. What's about to happen? It is not an accident that Moses prayed between two witnesses while they won the battle. It is not an accident there were three Hebrew boys in the fire. It's not an accident that three wise men came to see the Christ child. It's not an accident that Jesus died between two thieves. It is not an accident that two disciples came back from the tomb and said he's alive. It's not an accident that two men robed in wide, and escorted him back to the city of God. It's not an accident he sent his disciples out two by two. It's not an accident there are two parts to your Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. God said I'm about to do something so good. I'm going to do something so big. I want somebody around that will be able to testify. I'm God. And besides me, there is none else. I'm glad there's people under this tabernacle tonight. You can testify that God can. God can. God can. And He has. And He will. And He'll do it again. Paul, I just throw that in and pass it got them two witnesses. And they started on their journey. Now according to our text tonight, it took them at least three days before they got to the place where they could see the place afar off. And I'm not trying to read into the Bible. I don't believe you have to do that. But in my mind, Dr. Brown, I've wondered, what do you think the devil said to Brother Abraham In those three days, while he was walking where he had never been, while he was doing what he couldn't understand, well, if the devil back then was like he is tonight, I think I got a pretty good idea of maybe what he said. Probably something like this after day one. Abraham, uh, this ain't the way this thing's supposed to be. Uh, God's lied to you, son. God's pulled the wool over your eye. This ain't fair, boy. God told you if you'd serve Him that night by the stars, He'd give you more children than the stars in the sky and the sand by the sea. And and by the way, Abraham, you remember now, God said, If Isaac, your seed's going to be. God has said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you through Isaac. Now, Abraham, I don't know if you thought this thing over or not, But if Isaac dies on that mountain, you're not going to have a future. You're not going to have any seed. You're not going to have a great nation. Abraham, you might as well give up. I've been trying to tell you, it don't pay to serve God. You should have never burned your idols. You should have never burned your bridges. You should have never left your mom and your dad. I've tried to tell you that God's unfair. I've tried to tell you, it don't pay to serve God. You might as well quit. You might as well stop. God's lied to you. It ain't supposed to turn out like this. It's supposed to be better than this. Why, Abraham, if you was in the will of God, if God loved you, Isaac would have to die. You wouldn't be out here in this sun. You say, preacher, why do you think the devil said stuff like that to Abraham? Because he's tried to sell me a bill of goods like that a time or two. Sonny woke up that morning. He had never been to that place. Isaac had never been to that place. Them two witnesses had never been to that place. Oh, but there's a God that had already been to that place. And His place. Can I say this tonight about the omnipresence of God? You can't go nowhere where God ain't already been. You can't go nowhere where God ain't already at. He got there before you did. He'll be there when you're gone. And when you get to the next place, he'll beat you there. You know what that verse literally means when it says, Lord God, I felt like preaching tonight. You know what that verse literally means when it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means no matter where you've been, where you're at, or where you're going, He's real, He's good, He's holy, He's sufficient, He's God, He's been there, He is there, and He will be there. Abraham, if that boy dies on that mountain, God's lied to you. You'll never be a great nation if that boy dies. But you know what I read Abraham did in our text? He walked on. He didn't stop and question God. He didn't stop and try to figure it out. He didn't stop and say, Well, I'm going to call somebody and find out what's going on. No. He just put one foot in front of the other day by day, step by step, cross by cross burden by burden problem by problem he just kept on walking till he met the ram at the top of the hill I want to say the reason why a lot of Baptists miss their ram they miss their blessing they miss their anointing they miss their unction they stop one step too short of the perfect will of God but you say preacher I don't understand walk on anyhow but preacher it don't feel good walk on anyhow But preacher, I've never been that far Yeah, but God sees Both sides of the mountain He's got you in one hand And the answer to your prayer in the other hand And you'll never meet your ram Until you keep on walking Until you meet God At the top of the hill I believe with all of my heart If Abraham would have stopped He'd have never met that ram In verse 13 I believe if he'd have turned back and went back to where he came from, he never would have met that realm. In verse 13, he didn't detour to the right. He didn't detour to the left. He didn't stop and argue with God. And he didn't go back. He just walked on. He just kept on doing what God told him to do. You say, Preacher, I ain't felt God, I ain't sensed God, I ain't heard from God. What am I going to do? You're going to keep on doing what He told you to do the last time you heard from Him? And when God's got some new instructions, He'll give them to you. But you say, Preacher, the burden's heavy. Walk on. But Preacher, it hurts. Walk on. But you say, Preacher, I can't see what's on the other side. I can't either. But I've not come to preach about you. I've not come to preach about me. I've come to exalt that One who is alive, who is holy, who is God. And He sees both sides. And He's got your prayer in one hand. And your answer in the other hand. And just keep on walking. Do you shake hands with your ram at the top of the hill? There's somebody under this tabernacle tonight. You're one step away from meeting your realm. That realm represents the provision of His need. That realm represents God's sovereign, divine, unexplainable supply. Oh, there's people in this room tonight. You're one step away. You're one prayer away. You're one decision away from God meeting that need. Let me say this tonight. I'm not poor-mouthing. I don't have anything to poor-mouth about. God's been good to me. But I've had needs in my life that I didn't think would ever get met. We've had needs in our ministry that we thought would ever be met. We've gone through storms in our family. We've gone through storms in our church. I've gone through storms in my own physical body. And the devil say, you've had it. You're done. You're washed up. I'll put you out of business. i got where I want you. You won't preach anymore. You won't walk in the Holy Ghost anymore. I've stopped you right here. But somehow God will override our unbelief. And somehow God will wink at our own ignorance. And what I was a-scratching and a-climbing up one side. Bless God. He got a ram and some power and some Holy Ghost anointing coming up on the other side. I know you don't feel God. You can't see God. And you don't understand. But by faith, keep walking. By faith, keep believing. By faith, keep trusting. My God, don't quit now. Don't turn back now. Don't stop now. You're one step away from shaking hands. With your ancient prayer at the top of the hill. He couldn't see that ram. He had no earthly, notice what I said, earthly, earthly (laughs) ideal. But God does not operate in the realm of earthly ideas. Will bypass your brain and do a work in your heart. Your pastor and I have preached for a mutual friend named Ralph Sexton Jr. I guess Ralph is your friend, ain't he? If he is men, you the only ones that ain't turned on him yet, I'll tell you that right now. And the reason why them other fellas turned on him, they're jealous. You look up here at me tonight, there ain't nothing that makes God nor me any more sick than a bunch of old jealous preachers bless God I hope you have to be a one 5,000 times as big and I get to come preach because that means the offering is 5,000 times bigger yes Ralph Sexton Jr. is God's man his dad Ralph Sexton Sr. was one of them old time mountain preachers preached a lot on being filled with the Holy Ghost he told Ralph a couple of years before he died he said Ralph when he was a little, little boy, he said, I went through a valley of depression and almost took my life. And he said, Dad, how long did that valley last? He said, seven years. He said, Ralph, I went seven years and didn't preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. I went seven years and never got a prayer answered. I went seven years and never felt a fresh touch of God. I went seven years Without hearing a fresh word from heaven, he said, Oh, Dad, how did you survive those seven years? Listen to this. He said, Boy,. I just walked around in the sovereignty of God. I knew He was God, and I knew I was His child. And when God got ready to move again, when God got ready to speak again, when God got ready to bless again, I was waiting on Him. I want to tell you, He's God. He's not laid. He's not confused. All you see is the rocks and the dirt and the sand, but there is a God that sits high upon the throne, and He sees both sides of the mountain. Walk on. The ram's coming up on the other side. He walked on. Quickly, number two in this text, the second thing I see he did, he worshipped. Now when Abraham started out that day, got to that third day, he says to these witnesses, you and You boys, just wait right here. Me and the lad, talking about him and Isaac, we're going up there. And if he'd have been a Baptist, he'd have said something like this. We're going to go up there and sacrifice. Pray for us, boys. It's so hard to serve God. Pray for us, boys. Somebody lead us in a verse. If anyone makes it, Lord, surely I will. Instead of giving a testimony, he gave a bunch of testimonies. Say amen right there. He didn't say me and the lad are gonna go sacrifice. He didn't say me and the lad are gonna go surrender to God. He didn't say me and the lad are gonna go suffer for Jesus. He said, boys, y'all wait here. Me and the lad, we're going to worship. You do know what that word worship means? It means give God praise and give God's glory because He's worthy. Abraham had never been there. The boy had never been there. Those witnesses had never been there. He couldn't see that realm. He couldn't hear that realm. He had no earthly idea what was happening on a side where he couldn't see. But there's one thing he knew, that God was good, and God was right, and God was holy, and God was worthy. And he said, when you don't know what to do, clean you off a piece of ground and worship God! You know what amazes me about preaching to independent Baptists in this century? You can preach on separation and soul winning and the will of God, and they'll shout you down. And preach about somebody worshiping God and the Holy Ghost. Ooh. I believe He's Holy Roller. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. Bless God. If you're saved, you ought to be holy. And if you're rolling, you're going somewhere. I'd rather be called holy, rolling, prune faced any day. That word worship is the word that means worship. You can hear singing and not worship God. You can hear Bible preaching and not worship God. But when your soul has been conquered by the Holy One, and when you've been humbled by the sovereign one, and when you realize you're nothing, And God is everything. You start telling God how much He's worth and how lovely and how I don't see my ram, and I don't always feel sane, and I don't always understand what God's doing, but He's right. I said He's right, and He's sovereign, and He's real, and He's holy, and He's worthy. You say, preacher, I can't figure out what God's doing. That's a good time to clear off a piece of ground and worship God. If I heard, can I run me a real quick rabbit? I hear these people pray. Lord, create a worshipful atmosphere today. If you wait for the atmosphere before you worship God, you ain't never going to worship Him. You or God does not create the atmosphere. Praise creates the atmosphere. Someone said, Well, I wish God would come in here so I can praise him. He ain't coming on them terms. He ain't coming on them terms. You say, Well, I wish God would come in here so I could pray. He ain't coming on them terms. God inhabits the praises of his people. God does not create an atmosphere so you can worship him. You praise, you worship, you adore, and bless God, that creates the atmosphere for the sovereign one. Woo! I want to tell you, bless God, He shows up when He gets praised. Hallelujah anyhow! That man! Oh, brother Job! Went to bed one night and had the world by the tail. Woke up the next morning and the world had him by the throat. And in one 24-hour period, he lost it all. You know something I've learned about life, pastor, and people? All of us are one phone call away from the darkest valley of our life. Brother Steve, one message after another, and finally, Job has nothing. He was wealthy. He had it all. But by the time that last messenger walked away, even his own body was broke out in a severe form of leprosy. Oh, the pain. Boy, I imagine the devil said, Ha, 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 ha. I got him now. And I imagine the little demon said, "Ah, boy, I bet he'll curse God now. And even the preacher brethren came over and said nothing, just stared at him. Cuss me, slap me, but don't stare at me. Me and my wife got into it the other day and she turned on the big freeze. And I said, what's wrong? Nothing. I said, what's wrong? Nothing. I said, well, baby, if you're that upset over nothing, God forbid that something ever happened in this house. You say, well, I I can't tell if my wife's mad or not. You ain't been married long. There'll come a day you'll know so much about her, you can hear her walking and go, Oh God, I've had it. (laughs) I called over Charles' house a time or two. I know what goes on. And I know about yours too, brother. (laughs) They just stared at him. And finally his poor little wife had all she could stand and she said, Joe, if you'll cuss God, he'll kill you. And get you out of your misery. I can't stand to look at you that way, baby. Just cuss God and go ahead and hurry up and die. His wife don't know what to do. His youngins is dead. His friends are staring him down. The devil's jumping up and down going, I got him, I got him, I got him. But I didn't come to talk about the devil. And I didn't come to talk about you. I come to talk about that God. Hallelujah. I felt like preaching. That sits high up on the mountain. He's not worried. He's not a bit nervous. He has trusted Job in the hands of the devil. Where's he going? What's Job going to do now? He's lost it all. He's lost his money. He's lost his children. He's lost his family. He's lost his friends. He's lost his wealth in his head. What's he going to do now? Where's he going to go now? And about that time Job goes to a place and sits down in the ashes. Now I know this is deep for country boys. But you know what ashes are? That's leftovers from yesterday's fire. You know where that fire come from? He went to, according to the Bible, Job was the priest of his family. And he led his family in daily sacrifices unto God. When he couldn't understand. When he didn't know what to do. He just went back to where he worshipped God yesterday. To where he heard from God yesterday to where he felt God yesterday, said, I don't feel Him today, and I don't understand Him today, but I'm just going to rub myself in yesterday's blessings, and yesterday's blessings will relieve present day. Oh, misery. You say, preacher, why did he go to the altar? He didn't know anywhere else to go. He went back to where he heard from God. He went back to where he met God. I'm telling you tonight, by God, when you're climbing up on the rough side and you don't know what to do, go back to where you met God and worship God. He's still there. Feel it or not, he's still there. I don't know why in the world? we got some people in our church. Last night. they go to the altar every time we have church. Come here a minute. I'm not worried about them who go to the altar every time we have church. I'm worried about them who ain't been to the altar since Moby Dick was a minner. I've been the pastor of our church. Almost 23 years, and I've never had one of them frequent altar goers try to call me a lie, try to raise hell in the church. I don't have near as many problems out of them frequent altar goers than that crowd who ain't never gone. Where well, they just went last night. Well, have you ever been to Cracker morning more than once? Anybody here have been to McDonald's more than once? Anybody here have been to the Ruby Tuesday more than once? But looking at some of you guys, y'all have been four, five, six times. Somebody say amen now. You know why you go back? You like what you got. Well, preacher, they just went down to the altar Sunday morning. While they go back Sunday night, they like what they got. It's a good Sunday morning. They want another dose of it. Sunday night, I'm telling you when you don't know what to do and you can't see and you don't understand worship God worship God worship God He's holy and worthy of our praise He couldn't see that ram coming up on the other side but God could worshiping me. You say, I sure would make a deal with God. He don't make deals. He decrees covenants. And it's God's way or no way. I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you. But the vocabulary I'm hearing today in our Baptist churches ain't right. They say stuff like, Lord, Lord, If you'll save my husband, I'll praise you. I want your husband to be saved too, honey. But if he dies without God and burns in hell forever, God's still God. I want my loved ones to be saved. But if they all die without God and go to hell, he's still going to be holy. Oh, Lord, if you'll heal my loved one, if you'll heal my body, I'll praise you. For He does or not, He's still worthy. Oh, God, if You'll meet this need, I'll praise You. You hear me tonight? if He never meets another need, if He never answers another prayer, woo, if He never saves another soul, He's still worthy. He's still holy. He's still real. He's still God. We don't worship Him for what He does. We praise Him for who He is. He's God. and besides Him. There is none else. Hallelujah, feel it or not. Hallelujah, see it or not. Hallelujah, understand it or not. I don't walk by understanding. I walk by faith. He's holy. He's worthy. Worship God. The realm's coming up on the other side. You walk. You worship. Number three. He says to these guys, you boys wait right here now. Me and the lad are going to worship. And he didn't say, Boys, that's it. Tell them bye, Isaac. Tell them it's been nice knowing them. We won't ever see y'all no more. Y'all won't ever hear about you. might hear about me, but that boy out there, he's dead. Say goodbye to a dead man. That oh, ain't what he said. And some of you tonight, the devil's done told you your marriage is dead. Your ministry is dead. Your future is dead. Come here a minute. Quit making funeral arrangements and start planning a celebration party. Somebody hold my mic. I got to run on that one. Hey Instead of making funeral arrangements, won't you set up a celebration for when God brings the dead back from the dust again? It's not over; God's not finished. The ram's still coming up on the other side. You know what he said? He said, "Y'all right here, men and lad, going to worship. Watch this now, and we." In Greek, that means me and him. We're coming back again. I've heard somebody else say that. Yeah, yeah. I've heard somebody else say they would be back. Woo! You know, a man can't preach here, just ought to turn his papers in. You know what I mean? He said, me and the lad's going to worship, and we... We coming back. Now I hear some higher critics say, Well, that's why I don't believe the Bible. Because of all of those discrepancies. I'll quit using words you don't know how to spell. <laughs> well, I don't believe the Bible because of all the errors in it. There are none of those in it either. But my Uncle Joe, yeah, and your Uncle Joe choose debacker. Don't believe nothing he says. When you got a question about the Word of God, don't ask your uncle who ain't been to church in 30 years what he thinks about it. Hunt you up somebody full of God and ask them what they know about it. Amen, that's picture, my son. Amen son. That's good preaching. Buddy. Well, I just don't believe the Bible because of all them errors and everything. Well, what do you mean? Well, that's there, another example of it right there. God told Abraham to go up there and offer Isaac up as a burnt offering. And I will admit, if you've ever been up for a burnt offering, you didn't tell nobody about it. You know, a burnt offering, they fillet it in little pieces and burned it. And if that ever happens to you, you're going to die. And Isaac was as good as dead. And now he says, we're going to come back. And the higher critic said, see, that's another example that God don't know what He's doing. Here He tells Abraham, Isaac's going to be as an offering. And Abraham down here talking about, yeah, we coming back. Don't Abraham know him and that boy can't come back if that boy's dead? Well, I've been trying to tell you for the last 35 minutes, I didn't come to preach on you, or to preach on me, or preach on them about Him who sits high upon the throne, and He sees both sides of the mountain, and the ram still coming up on the other side. You should say, what made Abraham have that kind of faith to make that kind of statement? Because he knew in the depths of his soul that if that boy died on that mountain, that God was big enough and sovereign enough and glorious enough to raise that boy from the dead. And then they that went up will come back down. Because God sees both sides of the real estate. Yes! Let me illustrate it. Come here, T.C. or C.T. or doofus (laughs) what's your name for him don't say that in the house of God let's see I want you to be Abraham amen hurry I want you to be Isaac and let's see yeah I want you to be the ram Uh. you want to be the donkey I didn't think so Now we got the ram on this side. It's a great big mountain. And we got Abraham and Isaac on the other side. Now they can't see over that mountain. They, they don't know God's over there. They don't know that ram's walking up the same time they're walking up. Because that mountain's got their view blocked. But you see, there's a God. Who sits high above the throne, and he's got both sides staked out. He's not confused. He ain't sitting upon the throne saying to an angel, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" Nope. He's directing traffic. About like that night when you got saved. He's directing traffic. My God, I got to walk around on that point. That night you got saved, you could have had a wreck and got killed and went to hell. You could have walked in some cold, dead liberal church and never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. Help me out, brother. But you woke up that morning or you had that day like any other day, minding your own business like any other day, and an unseen hand from the glory world said, i got somewhere I want you to go. Oh, it was not an accident. And I love to hear you tell it when the man walked up and talked about that door opening and closing. Of all the places you could have went and got a job, there was somebody down there full of the Holy Ghost. You see, you didn't know you was going to preach. You didn't know you was going to pastor through the same church for 30 plus years. You had no idea you would do what you would do. But I ain't talking about you. And I ain't talking about me. I'm talking about a God who reached further down than you could reach up. And he come out of heaven and said, come here. I got somewhere I want you to go. And God's got Abraham and Isaac in one hand. Well, glory. And he's got the ram in the other. And he's directing traffic. Oh, don't stop there come on up here hey ram hey and in God's own time Abraham in one hand Lord of God i want to run right here because I've been there boys Abraham in one hand the ram in the other and introduces them at the top of the hill and he says Abraham that's the answer that's the provision. I'm God. I operate like this. Before you knew you, I knew you. For your mama knew you, I knew you. I had it planned this way, boy. You walked on. You worshiped me and you waited. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. Come on, mount up. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You ready? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You say, Preacher Joe, all I see is dirt and rocks and grass. Walk on. Worship God. Wait on. He's coming up on the other side. He's coming up on the other side. He's coming up on the other side. And you'll have a head-on collision with the sovereignty of God on the top of your mountain. Whoa! I hate to tell you this, but the ram dies in this scene. Wham! You're dead. Come on, Abraham and Isaac. I don't know how they walked up that mountain. (laughs) They got ahead of me. I don't know how. Can I take them back home with me? They fun to preach to. Our people ain't even woke up yet. Praise God. I don't know how they walked off that mountain. Uh up that mountain. But I got a good idea how they walked off of it. Now, if it had been me and Isaac or me and Abraham, probably walked up like this. I don't understand this. God died night by that starlit heaven. You, you promised. I heard you, God. You spoke to me. <laughs> you promised. But God, this hurts. Are you, I, Lord? I didn't mind leaving Mom and Dad and, and Ishmael and Hagar and, and Lot, but. Lot, not my Isaac. God, He's my everything. Surely, God, you can work out. Oh, you can't. You won't. Okay. I still don't understand it, but let's just worship God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I ain't felt you and ain't seen you and ain't heard from you, but I love you. You're still wonderful. I don't understand it, but woo! I love you. Hey, Hallelujah, Jesus! You're good. I love you. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Hey, Amen. I'd have walked up like. Are you gonna walk or are you just gonna stand there, man? You, you can't even pay good help. I believe that's how they walked up. And here's how I believe they walked off. You know, Isaac, which one is that? Yeah, you were Isaac. Lay down there. He bound Isaac to that altar. He set the altar on fire. Anybody got a knife? Anybody got a knife? Get back down there, boy. Don't you mess up my sermon, I'll cut you. Get out there. I'm a doctor. I carry malpractice insurance, amen. Them flames is a leaping around that boy. He's bound to that altar. I see Abraham's got that knife. He's got his hand back. But oh, I've not come to preach about you. I've not come to preach about them. I've come to edify God who sees both sides of the mountain in your life and God's trains run on time. And God spoke out of the glory world. Abraham, Abraham. Come here. Look. you see that realm hallelujah. hallelujah and I believe he puts the fire out I believe he cuts loose the cords and I believe he gets him up and I believe Isaac goes That was close. And I believe dad and son lock arms and come off the mountain. Woo! Woo! He did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. I told you he would. I'm telling you, he will. My God, he will. He eternally will. He sovereignly will. He faithfully will. God will. God will. God will. God will, God has, God can, God will. He's coming up on the other side. He's coming up on the other side. Come here. I'm almost done. Come here. The first time he looked, he couldn't understand it. But that last time he looked, there wasn't nothing left to understand. First time he looked, can God? Can God? That last time, yeah, He can. (laughs) That first time, will He? Oh, will God. Will He? The last time, Kind of could have, would he just kind of could have, woulda. he did. <laughs> first time. Oh, God! The last time. Yes, God. Help yourself, see The first time, all he saw was doom and gloom and uncertainty. But when he took that second look, he saw grace. He saw God. He saw glory. He saw blessed assurance take another look, take another look, take another look, God's coming up on the other side.